Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 925. We have some tough news about bald eagles today. Of course, they've made an amazing comeback from the brink of extinction after the banning of DDT in the U.S. some years ago. But we've heard recently about their falling increasingly victim to lead poisoning, kind of like with California condors, mostly from lead shot in animals left behind by hunters and then scavenged upon by the eagles. But there's a new problem, and we know about this problem, uh, but not the extent of it until this. A new University of Georgia study says that bald eagles are not fledging as many chicks as in recent years due to avian influenza, bird flu. The researchers found that not even half of the bald eagle nests in coastal Georgia successfully fledged at least one eaglet in 2022. That's 30% below average for the uh, the region. It's a tough thing to fight. As Nicole Nemeth, the lead author of the study, says, we can't uh, contain the virus and we can't vaccinate wild birds, but we can document the losses and try to help conserve affected species and populations the best we can. So here's hoping that virus might disappear soon, maybe On a brighter eagle-themed note, we have an audio postcard from our friend Kevin Reardon. Kevin and his wife, Roxanne, monitor raptor nests out in the front range of the Colorado Rockies. And Kevin has sent us kind of a reminiscence of a special experience with some golden eagles a few years back. Here it is. Oh, my God. At 1030, I saw the fledge. I can't even believe that I saw it. Up on the nest, jumping around, stretching those wings, going over to the edge, backing off, going over to the edge, backing off, and just took the leap. Disappeared into the trees. I was at the scope when I saw it, so I didn't get the bigger picture. But, oh my God! 10.30 on June 29th, 2011, I saw an eagle take its first flight. Wow. Thank you, Kevin. Back in... 2011, and he is still excited about that, understandably. An audio postcard. Send us one if you'd like. We'd love to get them. Send it to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. And if you need help in putting it together, let us know, and we're standing by to assist there. Ray at TalkingBirds.com. I'd like to thank some more proud plurters taking the pledge and picking up litter while birding, even though I know they were doing it way before we came up with the term plurting. Thank you to Betsy from Menomet, Massachusetts, and another Base Dater 2, Tim Langevin from South Hadley, Mass., and Jim Joyce from Woburn, also here in Massachusetts. And Jim says, the last couple of weeks have been action-packed. I had the barred owl rescue in Faneuil Hall, 
and several investigations into rodenticide poisoning incidents, those along with my Friends of Horn Pond group receiving IRS approval as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, has kept me very busy. I bet it has. Good for you, Jim, for doing that, and thanks to all for being proud plurters at our website, TalkingBirds.com, under Get Involved. You can see how to become a proud plurter. That's the sound of our mystery bird, and this is a preview of the mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later in the show. And uh, I'm going to give the phone number now, not to call now, but when we give the signal a bit later, but just so you'll be ready. This will maybe help us a little more in our efforts to uh, make sure we get our calls through before the show ends. Our mystery bird is a large brown waiter with white spots, a long neck, a long bill, and long legs. And it cries out that loud, piercing call you just heard. Our bird is found in swamps and marshes deep in the southeast. In fact, it reaches the northern limits of its range in the state of Florida, where it feeds mostly on apple snails. That number is 781-837-4900 to have handy. That's 781-837-4900. And here's one more clue, kind of a nerdy clue. Be a nerd. Um, The clue is that in the abbreviation for this bird's common name, it would sound as though this bird would have a little bit of trouble walking properly. That's a little nerdy clue there. Be a nerd. That's our Mystery Bird Contest coming up a little bit later on in the show. Now a royal salute. And it's to more of our Talking Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about our show and about what we're trying to do, and that is to spread the word about birds and conservation. So thank you to Joanna F. from Canton, Michigan. Thanks for the kind thoughts, Joanna. And thanks to Jim S., from Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania. We'll tell you a story later about where that town got its name. It's kind of interesting. Well, today is the second of four shows in the month of March, and we want to try to march, so to speak, to a special goal, and that is to grow our Talking Birds Ambassadors family to a total of 800 members. We have 775 members in the family right now, so we are pushing to that 800 number And we'd like to ask for your help in getting us there. If you've ever been or considered becoming an ambassador, this is a great time to do it. To sign up, just click on the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. And here's something that we think is pretty exciting in association with that. If you visit that link just described, you can also see our new Talking Birds ambassadors map. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a Google map with pins representing... All of our ambassadors all over the U.S. and Canada and many other countries around the world as well. That's the new Talking Birds Ambassadors map, and you'll find it right there at that uh, same website page. Still to come today, we'll learn about the powerful healing of birdwatching when we welcome therapist and author Tama Watts as our special guest. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a live Let's Ask Mike segment about some sightings on his visit where he is now, down in North Carolina. And up next, we don't have to travel far at all to meet today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. 
Right behind our home radio station building is a big radio tower, which forwards the station's signal to an even bigger radio tower. Among the antennas and dishes up on that nearby tower is a nest, which may be occupied any day now, as it has been for several years in a row, by a female of the species that's today's featured feathered friend. It's the common raven, and that's the sound we often hear when we arrive at the radio station parking lot on Sunday mornings, and we often see one of the ravens blasting off from the tower and cruising across to the woodlot on the other side of the road. The common raven is a large, entirely black perching bird with a hefty bill, often shaggy neck feathers, and a wedge-shaped tail. In flight, that tail shape helps separate it from the similar, though smaller, American and fish crows, which have fan-shaped tails. The highly intelligent common raven is the most widely distributed member of the corvid family found all across the northern hemisphere. Here in the U.S., it's mostly seen in the eastern and western thirds of the country. It's long been the subject of folklore, art, and mythology, and in some cultures, it's even been revered as a spiritual or even godlike figure. The common raven is an acrobatic flyer and a vocalizer of great variety. More examples here. The Cornell Lab says you can attract ravens to your yard by leaving out large amounts of seed, grain, or pet food or simply by not putting the top securely on your garbage can, although that last idea probably can't be described as a recommendation. Common ravens are generally doing well, with their populations having increased across North America between 1966 and 2019, according to the North American Breeding Bird Survey. The estimated global breeding population is about 29 million, and Partners in Flight lists them as being of low conservation concern. The Common Raven, Corvus Corax, today's Talking Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 925. Tama Watts is a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified Kripalu Mindfulness Outdoor Guide, and an advocate for the equitable accessibility of nature, health, and mental health. She serves on the Audubon California Advisory Board of Directors, as well as Buena Vista Audubon Board of Directors on their Conservation and Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committees. And she is the author of a new book entitled Keep Looking Up, Your Guide to the Powerful Healing of Birdwatching. And she joins us now. Good morning, Tama. Can you can you hear me, Tama? Good morning. There you Good are. Good morning. Here I am. Good morning. You're far away on the West Coast, so it takes a couple of seconds there to get that sound through. Well, Tama, this is a very personal book, and you say in it that the practice of bird watching helped you with your struggles from years of debilitating pain and subsequent depression. And you also point out that being a mental health practitioner did not inoculate you from those feelings and those experiences. Tell us tell us more about that, about about you and, and about the yellow warbler uh, that became sort of a spark bird for you in kind of a unique way. 
Thank you, Ray. I'm happy to be here. Uh, yes, so I unexpectedly became injured following a surgery and suddenly had to stop working and became very debilitated um, physically. And as a result, like you mentioned, um, developed severe depression, isolation, and disconnection from the life I had lived, which was being very active, working, and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then one day after several years, I looked out through my kitchen window while filling up, trying to fill up a pan of water. I was having difficulty during that time. Mm -hmm. And I saw a flutter of yellow. And initially I thought it might've been blossoms on a tree that grows nearby the window and over a fountain. And in, and ultimately it was in fact a yellow warbler. But at that time, I didn't even know it was a yellow warbler. I wasn't into birds enough. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started to connect with birds is through that kitchen window, seeing that yellow warbler so many years ago. Mm -hmm. What is the healing power of birds? How would you, how would you describe it? So I describe it as the opportunity to at any time for anyone connect with birds in the way that's most you that's going to fit for them that's custom fit for them and i really say birds are everywhere that we are we share their habitat and so we have the opportunity to uh, spend time with them notice them and in doing so it takes our mind away from maybe our troubles um, things we're concerned about including pain, and there's been research that supports that, that spending time with birds can alleviate depression, anxiety, stress, pain, helps with healing, immune system, just connecting with the with what I say, as we a lot of us will say in the environmental world, the more than human world, getting beyond the artificial screens and mm -hmm. indoor spaces and connecting outside. Mm -hmm. and, and as you say, there, there has been a lot of research, especially recently, that really quantifies um, the effect that watching birds can have in very short amounts of time and to, to a very significant uh, improvement in, in, in mood for many, many people. So you employ three devices, uh, Tama, that you bring back throughout the book, a starter kit, exercise prompts, and what you call reflection pond. I wonder if you'd give a brief description of those and what they can do. Sure. So each chapter towards the end has a starter toolkit, which is an at-a-glance um, kind of a checklist, if you will, or a reminder list for folks who may or may not be familiar with that activity that or that particular theme, like bird watching at home or in the community or while traveling or with others. And so it's a chance just to kind of remind you of what you might need and what you could consider for your um, pra to practice birding. There's also exercise prompts, and because I am a licensed mental health um, practitioner, an LMFT, I did create exercise prompts that kind of deepen your connection with the chapter and your breeding practice just to help your um, connection further. And then the reflection ponds are even another opportunity to deepen your introspection and connection with yourself and with birds. I know that you feed uh, birds in your yard, but you kind of encourage us to go beyond the backyard, if possible, and kind of expand our horizons and get out there as much as we can. But you also put a big emphasis, uh, Tama, uh, on the fact that if you can't go out to the field or even out into your yard, you can still get a great experience with birds from your window. Yes, 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 yes. And I really encourage this because I think sometimes the idea is that you can only connect with birds and birding if you're outside and if you go someplace. 
And so I really wanted to emphasize the idea that you can look, like you said, through a window or a doorway. Uh, maybe you're in your car even, and you can look out and notice birds. And so a lot of the same practices that you might employ while out in the field or out on an outing or in your backyard or front yard or where our deck or patio, you can do that from inside as well, either because of um, physical or mental health limitations or weather conditions, look out and connect. And there's, again, support, there's research that supports the benefits of that as well. Mm -hmm. You have some tips in your book for seasoned birders too, like how to introduce other folks uh, to birding. I wonder if you could share just a, a bit of that with us. Uh, maybe including your own challenges, convincing friends about uh, about birding. Yes. So this is all about the bird nerd, the birdiness. I call myself, I am not a bird lady, but the knot is little because I am definitely a bird lady and I encourage everyone to embrace their birdiness. That said, not everyone is. And so that can be your friends and family members too. And so I don't know if those listeners might can relate to we kind of go overboard sometimes with others. And so I thought about that and included that in chapter five called um, Feathers, Birdwatching and Relationships. Some tips about just being curious and joining them where they are in their space, where they live. Maybe it's a hospital room, maybe it's an office. And just casually commenting on what you observe, kind of piquing their curiosity and not having high expectations that they're going to be fully engaged the way we are but then slowly and gradually sharing what you observe and what we do and don't know, and then also offering to take them out if they'd like to, and then just respectfully and graciously accepting any kind of declines and not mm -hmm. taking that personally, but then thinking about maybe revisiting that at another time in mm -hmm. another way. So in sharing the love of birds, that's my idea. All right. If you had to describe the main takeaway from your book, Tama, what would it be? What's its greatest value to readers? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I would say that birds are everywhere, just like we are, and they are winged gifts, and they're always there for us. And so connect with them in the way that you would like to. Tamma Watts, her book is Keep Looking Up, Your Guide to the Powerful Healing of Bird Watching. Before you go, Tam, I wanted to ask you uh, quickly about something you do with Audubon California, an interactive program series called the Bird Story Hour, which honors attendees' personal stories over Zoom about feathered friends and their experiences. Give a, a quick overview of that, if you could, and how folks can find it. Sure. So you can go to Audubon California's website and look for the Bird Story Hour. Our first one for 2023 is in April, towards the end of April. We do it every couple of months. It's live and interactive. And you zoom in, you can um, register, it's free. And it's modeled after the moth story hour, if you're familiar with mm -hmm. that. And it's a chance for folks to put their name in the hat if they'd like, and have their name randomly selected to share a five minute story related to the theme. Sometimes it's a species, sometimes the theme is um, an actual concept. And it really does bring folks from all over the country, um, we've had other, even South America, Canada have joined in, and it really is a lovely opportunity to join in as a community. Um, so I really encourage you to come join us. All right. And you'll find it through Audubon, California, right? Yes. Audubon, California. And you don't have to be in California to join them. <laughs> All to, right. To join in. Tamma Watts here on Talking Birds. The book, again, is Keep Looking Up, Your Guide to the Powerful Healing of Birdwatching. Thank you, Tamma. Thank you, Ray. 
Coming up Thank next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. Is that very distinctive sounding mystery bird. Here are some clues for that mystery bird. It's a large brown wader with white spots, a long neck, a long bill, and long legs. And it cries out a loud, piercing call, as you just heard. Our bird is found in swamps and marshes deep in the southeast. It reaches the northern limits of its range in the state of Florida, where it feeds mostly on apple snails. We gave that nerdy clue, too, and maybe this would be of some help. The, the uh, abbreviation of that bird and the common abbreviation, the four letters, makes it sound like the bird has a little trouble walking. There's a little extra clue. The main thing is the number. Please call us as soon as you can. Tell us the answer or take a guess because no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. So you may get the prizes without the right answer. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Beautiful prizes include the Brome Bird Care Mega 600 Feeder with an extra-large tube that holds nearly two and a half pounds of seed. It's easy to clean and chew-proof. It includes the Brome Seed Ventilation System to keep the seed cool and dry. And it also comes with the Brome Lifetime Care Warranty. And from Wisdom Supply, a $20 gift certificate for their plastic-free products for school and office. Beautiful prizes there on our mystery bird contest and a feather-friendly bird window collision kit if we get to our bonus question. We'll see how that works out. But the main thing is to call us right away at 781-837-4900. Mike O'Connor is south of us here today. We'll check in with him. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com West Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. 
Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. Well, speaking of safaris, our Mike O'Connor is down there in the wilds, in the wild woods of North Carolina. Let's check in with him, see if he's okay down there. Uh, good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite in the wild woods. I'm in the wild woods of a urban park ah, okay. in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. But it is oh. it, it is a really cool park. It's kind of like the idea of Central Park in New York, where it's just nothing but, in this case, it's nothing but urban sprawl and asphalt and malls. But they've got this beautiful 250-acre park. Uh, Greenfield Lake Park, it's called. And there's a swampy little lake in the middle of it that's got full of birds. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, yellow-throated warblers. I have blue-gray gnat catchers, red-shouldered hawks breeding, and uh, white ibis in the, in the trees, and a, um, an alligator, which might have been about 16,000 feet long, was the biggest thing I ever saw. It was crazy. Big. But <laughs> the most exciting thing for me, anyways, as we walk through, I see a birdhouse in the tree, so of course I've got to stop and check it out. And, um, you know, in my yard, I get birdhouses, but it's mostly the uh, chickadees and tree swallows, never a bluebird. But this one, I, I looked up, and back, looking back at me was a barn owl. Barn owls living in this tree. And sitting on eggs, apparently, it's Oh, I can hear it. We have one too. <laughs> and, and and my thought today would be to do this broadcast right from under near the you know near the birdhouse, except it's pouring rain. So I'm sitting in my car looking at it, waiting for the mail to come in with some food. But so far, all the squirrels have been dodging the bullet. Everybody's safe. But um, yeah, barred owls, believe it or not, are one of our largest owls, and and it's the largest. Uh, bird that I know of that you, that will live in a birdhouse. We can actually build a house for barred owls, and they're they're really cool. and And it's not that much as big as you think. So it's probably about the size of a screech owl box, but just a much bigger hole, a little wider. And and, and it's something that we can do, uh, especially if you live in, in in a wooded area. Now I don't want. Um, I always tell people when they think, if I put out this, like a purple mountain house or something, will I get those? Well, I tell it, I, I say, well, okay, are they in your area? And barn owls, you'll know if they're in your area because, as you heard a minute ago, they like the call and they like the, you can hear that distinctive call. If you hear that, then absolutely you should probably put up a box hmm. there, uh, as opposed to like a bluebird, a chickadee box, that you put them up, up five feet high, about head high. These have to go about 15, 20 feet high in a big tree. And preferably, again, unlike a swallow or a bluebird box, where you put them out in the field, on the edge of a field, or in a garden. This goes deep in the woods. So if you've got a wood lot behind your house, put a box up there about 15, 20 feet high, and not so much on the edge, but more into the woods. And then hopefully you'll get that, and you'll have a, a, a broadcast when it stops raining of the actual bird, maybe, if I get out there. That's pretty cool. All right, Mike, you be careful out there in that urban park now here. (laughs) And happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It's coming up. Oh, yeah, it's coming up. Thank you, Mike. Okay, talk to you later. Mike O'Connor down there in North Carolina today with Let's Ask Mike. And now we're back here to the Mystery Bird Contest. And that real screaming bird you heard is our Mystery Bird. 781-837-4900 is the number. And, boy, we don't have very much time here, do we? Maybe we should go right to Elizabeth, who's in Arizona somewhere. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good 
Good morning. Good. Good morning. Uh, we're in Elizabeth. Uh, we're in Arizona, if you'd like to say. Um, I'm in Tubac at the Hawk Watch uh, for the. Um, it's in uh, southern, very southern Arizona, south of Tucson. South of the Tucson. The Blackhawks are doing really well. The numbers so oh. started March first. Wow, nice, nice. Well, that's a fabulous place to uh, do birding uh, anyway, for sure. What about our mystery bird then, uh, Elizabeth? Um, Lipkin is my guest. Lipkin is my guest, too. We're both uh, guessing the same thing. You must be right. <laughs> Lipkin is absolutely right. Uh, congratulations. So we're, we're really short on time, so thank you, Elizabeth. Stay on the line, and we'll get your info there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Elizabeth there, south of Tucson, uh, correctly identifying the limkin as our mystery bird. We're out of time. Next week, coastal restoration ecologist Annalee Twightman will talk about the important work in priority matching or priority management, that is, for habitats like beaches and bird breeding islands, coastal uplands, and salt marshes. All next week. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.